0: Hi, it's me, Neil Brennan. This is the Blocks podcast with Neil Brennan. I'm Neil Brennan. Look, I'm not gonna explain this shit anymore. You know what the premise is? We're healing the earth. People are being vulnerable. It's exciting. Today's guest is uh known, what do you go? Know, 13 years? That feels right. About 13 years. I bet it's exactly 13 years. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 14 if we're if you want to. Be generous. He's a comedian who's been uh, on sabbatical, <laughs> <laughs> as, and yeah. yeah, what you like to respond? No,
1: I'll say on stage as a comedian. Yes,
0: been on yes. sabbatical as uh, a on sabbatical. But before before he was on sabbatical, he had a Comedy Central special called Beta Male, I believe. Correct? Am I correct? Yes. And he had a Comedy Central show called uh, Meltdown with Kumail and Jonah, little known trivia about Meltdown. First time I did three mics was on Meltdown, but I did like a six minute version of it. It was an incubator, worked beautifully. So thank you for creating an environment where where one could thrive.
1: Yeah. I remember you then, when you were going to do the special, you emailed Emily and you were like, I know I did it first time on your show, but it is, is it okay if I like do my own? Th-? And you didn't have to ask that obviously. And we were like, Yeah, of course. We were thrilled to be the
0: first place you tried it out. Beautiful. And didn't have to ask us, but... And that's a lesson, guys. I like to teach business lessons. That's called false humility business, where you go, do you mind if I... Yeah. Hey, could you... But even thinking to do
1: the fake false humility business move is, you know, it's good.
0: At least just thinking of it. It's also, you also have to worry about uh, lawsuits now. Yeah, so, we weren't gonna. Sue no, I you. know. I, but I, and I also, I'm also grateful when people give me an opportunity to like do something. So, yeah. so it's like there are many things at foot. I'll give myself some credit and, and say it. I did. I was grateful, and I and I did want to ask you and not be like, yeah, I'm fucking doing it. You, so you understand. So I, thank I, you.
1: I, what if we had said, <laughs> you know, I mean, You'd I be think we surprised. technically we do own it. You, I mean, dude, of course. I you, mean, this, it's, this town is littered
0: with these stories. Yes.
1: Growing up in Pakistan, the uh, st- most of the world, the stereotype about America is guns. Uh, growing up in Pakistan, the stereotype about America, because we had a lot of guns, was lawsuits. That's what we would always make fun of America for.
0: In Pakistan?
1: Yeah. Like, oh, go to America, slip outside a store,
0: become a millionaire. That's like what people would joke about. That's uh, funny. That's the actual American dream. I mean, it really is. Slip and fall? Yeah. Yeah. We were right. Yeah. That's fucking great and look at you left all the way to the bank so anyway it's uh my point it oh okay then he went on and he's done uh he made a movie called the big sick that he wrote semi autobiographical autobiographical yeah me and emily gordon my yep. wife we wrote it together um, autobiographical and and then you got swept up into the the MCU the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah i and He's also a fitness influencer. So I am not. Please, <laughs> please do not so say that. Guys, I don't know if we have a protein. Last thing I want. What protein Last sl- slurpee thing I want. are you here to promote? Do you have a slurpee? <laughs> Prote- that would be been, really fucking racist, I've by been the way, approached if, it was, about if it was a slurpee. Okay. I see because what you're of saying. A, do you see what I'm saying? Because a, of a. A poo? A poo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: I have been approached about that stuff and I have no interest. Zero interest.
0: You But you do in terms of drinking them. I have zero interest to convince other
1: people to do it.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, because it would be irresistible, and you know that. You know if you promoted it, it would, I'd have to drink it. <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> thank you for your discretion, because I don't think I could resist a Slurpee. I love how racist it is, though. You know I love racism. Always have. So nice to see you. I I don't think I've seen you in five or six years. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. But as we all know, when you haven't seen somebody, like when you struggle a little bit with somebody as comedians, and I don't have any like chapters of us struggling horrifically, but like when you just are in these small little environments, you just go, oh, yeah, We'll have the same relationship forever, I, would I think.
1: know. It doesn't feel like I haven't seen you in years. Yeah. I was it's like, oh, a, hey, Neil. Yeah. yeah. It no, just, it's just like, oh, hi. Yeah. It just feels like right back to what it was. There's no moment of awkwardness. For like, sure.
0: ah, so you still with, uh.
1: <laughs> I remember the first time I met you. Go. Was at the Laugh Factory. I just moved to LA. Mm-hmm. You were hosting the show. Mm-hmm. You introduced me. I went up. I had a good set. And this is how I remember it. I don't know if it's true. You
0: gave me a fist bump and said Hollywood. <laughs> yep. Does that sound like true. you? Yeah, yeah. That was me. And I knew you'd moved. Because <laughs> I, I think I'd known, I think I'd met you in New York. Or we, I knew you were friends with Pete and Mulaney and, right. or something. So I knew like, all right, you're doing good. I'd seen your letterman, I remember.
1: My name is Kamel, but Microsoft Spellcheck thinks it should be camel. <laughs>
0: Oh, that was good. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. You have a roller coaster bit?
1: Certainly did have a roller coaster bit. Coney Island? Coney Island, yeah. It's a good bit.
0: Pretty good bit.
1: Ride this roller coaster.
0: <laughs> so what do you what do you think? How's it been? How's your life been?
1: Oh, uh, it's very, very I have almost no complaints. It's like I would say, you know, I feel very, very fortunate to have the life I have. Yeah. I think, you know, if there are like parallel universes. This is the only one where this is the one I want to be in. I don't think there's one better for
0: sure. This is what I always say. If you think you can beat this life, spin the wheel. Yeah. What are the odds? I am not spinning the wheel. You actually did the one American dream better than Slip and Falls, which is movie star. (laughs) (laughs) Like legitimately, like other than like, yeah, I go to America. I, I fake hurt my neck. I get a million point eight To do nothing. To do nothing. Disability, yeah. Vicodin. And this is, This yes. is the only one better. It's a bit more money for a bit less work. <laughs> I love that he's named, <laughs> people know I love money. So thank <laughs> you for bringing up money. Well, I've heard the MCU, you don't get paid that much up front. Whatever. They up fixed front. that. Oh, they it's did? It's okay. Great. Listen, I'm not going to talk yeah. about
1: money, but it, I just feel generally very, very, very fortunate that, you know, I mean... I would do the stuff for free when I did stand-up. Most of the times, I did it for free. So to be able to do the stuff for not free, it's, and I understand there's a window, you know, especially um, people who come from comedy, I find there's a window. It can turn real quick. you know That, that thing shuts down. Meaning
0: so, the window from stand-up to movies?
1: There's a window sometimes with comedy people where they're like the hot thing for a little bit and they get their shot. You know, I don't want to name anybody. But for a couple of years, they do a few movies. And then it goes away and nobody wants them anymore. So I'm very aware of that, of the window shutting.
0: I would argue that the type of movie, the big sick being your your opportunity and your shot. And you guys got nominated for an Academy Award, right? Yes. Must have been incredibly fun. Yeah. I mean, truly, truly unbelievable. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. It was it was great. Could, again, honestly, when we were going through that, you know, that was the first movie we did. It was very low budget. It got good reviews. It was making money, it got nominated for an Oscar. And the entire time,
0: people would be like, just so you know, it's never going to be like this. I thought of that this morning because I was like, I was thinking about, was three years ago? Uh,
1: no. This was COVID. It's
0: no. four or five, right? Six six years ago. Six. Yeah. Okay. Right there. I remember me and Dave were doing half-bake. We're 23. People kept going, we write the movie in March. We're shooting in July. And people go, by the way, this doesn't happen every time. And in our heads, me and Dave are going, not for you. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, then you did Chappelle's show and you're like, they were wrong. No, 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 no. (laughs) That's six years later. Yeah. That's the difference. Seven years later. So. Right. So. That seven years—it doesn't feel like a long time, but when you're in it, it does. It feels like a very long it time. It feels like a long time since the big six. and because you're you're living every day, whereas to me, you're just flying past my windshield. I'm just That's like, oh, Camille right. uh, and Emily did a movie. Cool, great, yeah, good for them. Totally. Um. So, you you do understand now that it doesn't happen every time. That it was a fucking f- not freak thing that you're like it. You're you were you. We're all lucky. We're all but. It certainly was, uh,
1: the result was a freak thing and it doesn't happen. And I don't know if it would happen now. I think that movie, a movie of that size becoming like doing well at the box office. Um, I think that was the last year that happened because it happened to us. It happened to Lady Bird. Get Out was a phenomenon. So it's it's, mm-hmm. it's in its own, own category. But, but Lady Bird and us, you know, that was the last time that movies of that size made actual like good money at the box office it's gone away now now you would say big sick and ladybird which are you know i love ladybird people would say those are like streaming movies they wouldn't call them theatrical movies so and you know and it it hasn't i felt like you know for years up until the big sick you know i was sort of like the one of the cool comedy people you know where i did a lot of stuff i was in silicon valley that was great and that was pretty big totally forgot about
0: it yeah it was great you know what's hilarious? You run it for five, all, every episode for five years? Six years, yeah. Totally forgot. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you know, that's what happens. But, but I'm very proud of that show being on it. I was on a show called Portlandia, you know, that ran for a few years. And so I felt like I was on this thing of like, oh, every, because I'm this cool comedy person, my world is ultimately fairly small. But within within that world, I sort of felt like everything I was doing was well-received. And then suddenly after the big sick, you go into a bigger pond. It's a lot more people. And the stakes are higher and different. And I would say When you
0: say people, what do you mean? Audience? Like it's audience. a bigger So the thing I liken it too is uh elections, right? So you ran you you won city council. Yeah. Yeah. Then you won uh state senate. Yeah. Then I'd say big sick was like how you got you were elected member of the House of Representatives. Yeah. And then you're kind of running for Senate slash president.
1: Yeah. Running for Senate while also trying to dip my toe into the presidency. And you realize like, oh, this is a different world. Uh, there's a lot more voices. There's just a lot more. So, and so since then, I would say since the big sick. My relationship with my career and um, success, or whatever, it is again very, very, very grateful, very lucky, very, very happy to be what I'm doing. But it's different. It's 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 a lot more complicated since then.
0: Okay, with that in mind, because I think it's a really interesting point that people don't talk about very much. What kind of person do you think it favors? Like, so do do you get to this big? You're running for president. You're the le- you're on the poster you're which is like a different thing yeah like once you i i noticed it with Dave. once you're on a poster <laughs>
1: it's different it yeah. does
0: something to people yeah when they see you so once you're on the poster you understand how fucking appealing the rock is yeah you know what i mean where you're like boy oh boy that guy's got a lot of fucking talent and virtues yeah or kevin hart or yeah vince vaughn or like vince in the 90s and 2000s or or Like, you just see that it's, you're running, you're trying to get, you're trying to appeal to literally billions of people.
1: Yeah, I remember when the Big Sick opened, we opened against a Transformers movie, and you're like, oh, this is like a different level from doing a comedy in the back of a comic book store, you
0: know? That you're up against fake robots. You literally have to be as appealing as a fake car robot. Yeah, that you've known your entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To say nothing of the relationship, right? That, that
1: like everyone on the planet knows. Yeah. And this time, he has a sword. Fuck. I remember the poster for it was it was me and you know Zoe and uh, Ray Romano and Holly Hunter and all these people on our poster. A new pump and and uh, and that was just very simple. Yeah. Optimus Prime standing on the moon with a big fucking sword, and I yeah. was like, "That is tough." That is. And tough by the to way, they're charging
0: the same for each. It's <laughs> the same money for each.
1: Popcorn's the same. Time investment is about the same. I bet both were, you know, slightly under two hours, around two hours. It's the same. But I was very, very, you know, excited because that opening weekend they switched Transformers. The the dome here, you know, it used to be ArcLight Dome was like the big movie theater in L.A. They put the big sick in there and took Transformers out. That was very exciting. For me, I would say me going from doing comedy shows to being able to do movies, which I feel very lucky about, the biggest adjustment, the adjustment of it that took me way too long to make, and it's weird I'm here talking about it, you got to close up your life a little bit. You got to start like getting private. You got to have a line between the personal and the public Um the persona, whatever it is, you just gotta like tighten shit up a little bit. And as a comedian, I was always really out there, you know, on Twitter, social media, talking about myself, like being really, really public because that's what you have to do to sell seats on the road. It took me too long to realize, oh, now it's different and I have to really protect myself and my
0: private life. And it took me too long to figure that out. Is it because there's more eyeballs looking at you? There's more... Corporate interests that can get fucked up if you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. That's right. It's the corporate interest or both. And it's also people's perception of you. People's perception
1: of someone, you know, what people think of uh, name a famous person, let's say John Cena. Let's say John Cena, who's a lovely guy. I don't know him that well, but he's lovely. But people have a certain perception of John Cena. There's no way that the reality of John Cena matches up with who you think he is or who you want him to be. And I find now when people see a side of you that they don't expect, they're disappointed, they're upset, you don't fit their little perception of it. I think the parasocial relationship thing that people have with famous people, and John Cena has a much, has it much you know, much bigger audience than I do. He's much more famous, much more successful. He's massive and he's been for
0: a long time. It's like a very, I think he would probably welcome that. He seems very, the thing I was saying about The Rock, he just seems like he doesn't have any, he's kind of shaved off his like jagged edges and he's like very presentable. I think you have to. Uh, Yeah,
1: I think that's the healthy thing to do publicly there's no reason for you to be especially on the level of a rock or john cena there's no reason for you to really show people really who you are because they don't they don't deserve it i mean why should why should people get to know exactly who you are as a human being that's not what you're doing you know and what the rock has figured out really well is how to sell a version of himself that is marketable and in person then he protects his own personal life yeah i think you
0: have to do that and when he does show you his personal life it's littered with product placement <laughs> for so <laughs> well, he, he makes it soda and and the vodka tequila tequila yeah. sorry and the he, i'm sure he's got a slurpee I'm sure he's got an energy like he's got everything and i think that that's the
1: thing that I lack genuinely lack is the desire to have an empire, mm-hmm. but you know Kevin Hart is very good at, it. and these are people who are very talented, very good at what they do, including um, becoming these sort of, um, you know, something bigger themselves. They yeah. can make like a brand of themselves, yep. and it's great, and and they want that, and they're very good at it, and I, at I have truly. My goals for what I want to do in my life have not really changed in since The Big Sick. Which are? Just want to kind of keep doing what I'm doing. I want to do movies. I would say specifically what I want to do in movies is each time really try and uh, do something I've never done before. I've sort of been the last few years, been in this world where I've gotten to do things I'd never done before. You know, I got to be in a Star Wars. I'm not leaving your mind. I got to be in a Marvel Just did Ghostbusters, and these are things I'd never done before, because I was always a nerdy guy. And then I got to play like a different kind of character, and now I want to do something else. You know, I want to try other stuff. So that's really my goal is just to keep doing this and and be able to like do things that are like scary. You know, like you do that. You know, when you're not just doing stand up, you you find like different ways to present it, different ways to be vulnerable on stage. That's what I want to do. Find different ways to be vulnerable
0: on camera. In ways that are scary to me. Great. I will say, movies might not be the place.
1: Well, I'm not saying vulnerable. Where I still want to play
0: the character, uh, but I mean the size of movie.
1: Right. Meaning, that's why I want to do said smaller. About big sick
0: is like doesn't really exist anymore. Completely agree. So, it, but if you're doing franchises, you're not gonna be able to. That's what I'm saying. You I wanna. Can, you, it's just a lot of running and jumping. That's what, how Harrison <laughs> Ford once explained acting. He's like, I just fucking run and jump. That's all it is at this point. There was a thing, Sarah so Silverman was talking about what she did in sci-fi movies. She was talking to
1: her acting coach and there's a scene she has to run away from lasers and she was like, I was trying to find my motivation. I couldn't figure out this scene. And, his, and her teacher was like, sometimes you just gotta pretend like you're running away from lasers. <laughs> yeah. That yep. is a lot of these, you know, that that is a lot of the the work and so i do you know i have decided that i want to go back and do more smaller movies for sure uh that's you're exactly right yeah it's hard to do in a big movie and i and you know i want to keep doing that if they'll have me who knows you know that's so out of my hands but i want to do i want to do smaller stuff and and keep trying to challenge myself
0: you know well let's talk about vulnerability yeah what I'm interested with you is what I know of your life. Right, is you were literally called the special was called Beta Male. Yeah, you presented as a Pakistani computer nerd. You played a K- Pakistani computer nerd for famously. Many years, yeah. I'll never forget it. Silicon Valley. There it is. And <laughs> and then at a certain point. You completely changed your body, and now you present as a physically fit. All the most of the selections you made in terms of material were alpha for sure. And I guess I'm wondering what was it like before, and what made you change direction?
1: I was happy before, you know, I was happy doing what were you, this.
0: What was your, like, growing up, you moved from Pakistan to, you lived in Chicago, right? Or Iowa you first and then Iowa. Chicago, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, I mean, I always was a nerd. I still am a nerd. I was always physically very slight, you know, tiny, uh, very small shoulders, never liked how I looked, was always w- physically weak. And a thing that you were aware of. Oh, yeah, it was devastating to me. It's one of the blocks on there, right. I think. It was devastating to me, and I fucking hated it, and I hated how I looked, and it took me a long time. You know, um, when I was a kid, I wouldn't go to, like, the store because I thought they wouldn't sell me stuff because I was so ugly. <laughs> it just had, like, a real thing of it. It, like, was... Where would wh- you get the idea that you were ugly? <sighs> I don't want to get into all that. Okay. You know, yeah. you, you, you have people will like say something without knowing what they're saying or what what they're causing and I think one of the things that hurt was that up to the age of like five or six I was objectively very cute and then (sighs) shit turned
0: I Um, never thought you weren't kind of cute just FYI well thank you I appreciate that I thought the I thought the eyebrow the (laughs) uh, the, like the uneven eyebrow thing this yeah yeah was like it's a natural (laughs) rock but
1: so I always, I never, never liked it. Never liked how I looked. And then in my twenties, did a lot of work to like be like, you know, it doesn't matter. Actually, you know, being good at something that you love gives you a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. And so when I started doing stand up, you know, right in college, so I was like twenty one or twenty two. Didn't have confidence until I started doing well on stage, and then suddenly. Everything changed. Like my whole life, the way I thought of myself, the way I carried myself, the way I talked to people, the way I talked to girls, it just changed, you know? Yeah. All came from stand up. Being really good at something that I loved and wanted to be good at was awesome. Yeah. So me. that sort of changed everything uh, for me. And then and then, you know, I started acting as nerds and all of this stuff. And this industry, it really puts you in a box. It really is like, this is what this person does, this yeah. is what they play. And after doing that for years, I was like, you know, there's so much work that I don't have access to. I feel like all they want me to do is play this kind of beta male. And, I, you know, and I, that was 10 years ago. I did that special. And that's how I presented myself. And right. Part of but, it was. So the, that's
0: what I'm saying. Like, as much as it's their fault, it's partially like. Sure. You were, that's how you kind of thought of yourself. That's right? how
1: I thought of myself. And that's how I thought I could get work. And that is how I got and, work.
0: And stand up will, will be a negative it's a bit like you get laughed saying it. So then you're like, I guess this is who I am. You know what I mean? Like
1: sort of, and that is how I felt. But you know, I had that thing of that. I think someone like Conan has, you know, where all his jokes were about how he's beta, but he's not Conan's alpha. Yeah. Sort of like that. So I really had that, like, you know, drive and motivation and ambition and all this stuff. My jokes on stage were about how I'm terrified of stuff. But in real in real life, I really was, you know, I wanted to be really good at it. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to like crush on stage if I went on a show. I wanted to be funnier than everybody else. I wanted to bury my
0: friends, you know. That's very fun to acknowledge. Yeah. And that, and I love. I always knew that about you. You did. And I always knew that about you. Yeah. So I always knew that about you. So I'd go to like this sort of communal yeah. meltdown thing, and I was like, no, this no, is for um, this is for keeps. Yeah. This is like, there's definitely a competition here. Oh, yeah. And it's not, it's not, that. it's not a commune. No, it's it wasn't
1: a, for me. It was for some people. It was for right. a lot of people. And I know that some people didn't like that about me, that at the Meltdown, which was such a great room and this communal space that I was sort of like, I want to do, I want to invite all these people to my show, all these really funny people, the funniest people in the country were, Every famous, you know, comedian yeah. did that show. And on
0: that night, I want to bury them. <laughs> I want to be funnier than that. That's the spirit of alternative comedy, ladies Yeah. No, I mean, I'm you know. not, I totally, I don't, I never think of burying people, but I do think of like, I want to come in first. I want to come
1: in first, for sure. I don't, I I was always like, no matter how good my set was, if somebody did Better than me on that show, I wasn't that happy because it's like, oh, it was possible to do better.
0: Yes. Let's, I want to talk about the psychological underpinnings of that though. Okay. My desire to win, your desire to win. Uh, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with it, by the way. Like, I don't, I, it's a part of myself that I'm, I, I like, meaning like I'm not ashamed of the, of being competitive. Yeah. I think it's fucked up when you're not. If you're not rooting for your friends, if you're not, my, my thing is I, the only way I win is if I really prepare. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's to me, it's like motivation for like, you have to prepare for sure. You have, you can't wing it. I can't wing it.
1: I can't wing it either. I can't, I can wing it here and there, but it, it's not, um, It's not like uh, I can't count on it. I mean, the ultimate block, I don't know if it's a block or it does lead me to being a little bit unsatisfied. I don't want to say unhappy because I am generally pretty happy. My self-worth ultimately is too tied to my career and what I'm doing. My, 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 My worth as a human being is too based on how I perceive myself uh, as being at my job I don't have that like it don't matter. I'm like if I that's what was hard when I would do stand up all the time if you have a bad set you feel bad about yourself until day, the next yeah. Yeah, the, that day fucking sucks doesn't it? Yeah, It's the same with like acting you know if I have a day on set where I don't think I was at my best that like really 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 makes me feel like shit. I feel like I'm, like I'm not like a worthy person. Too much of my worth is not inherent.
0: Too much of my worth comes from Uh, how I think I'm doing. Totally agreed that I'm in the same boat. We both realize like too much tied up in this. And are we fucking ourselves long-term
1: I think we are. I don't know if you're born with it or it's, you learn it. I know I've been like this since I can remember. Mm -hmm. Like with studies, I was a big nerd. I wasn't, you know, good at sports or cool or-
0: Good title for a a special big nerd. You- Yeah. Hulked out.
1: (laughs) Then I hooked out. But I really, really cared, big nerd. Yeah, that's the next one. Um, really studies, you know. I wanted to be first in class. Yeah, because in Pakistan, you got to rank it. So like first to each class was like forty two kids.
0: First to forty two. The bottom ten to- get get slaughtered, correct? In front of the school. Is that yeah, Pakistan? but I
1: think it's it's called the culling, <laughs> and it you know it's it's what's it propelled us to global Fantastic. success. Yeah, and for years I didn't. I came in second, and that like really really bothered me and bugged me. And knowing that the,
0: second, you came in second in school
1: for many years, and then the guy left to go to another school. Then I came in first, but it was a little bit empty. You know, it's like Tainted. Michael Jordan. Yeah, but I knew that that guy was very smart, and I knew I was smart. But I was like, I have to work harder than he does. But that's okay. I'm never afraid of hard work. I do think we're setting ourselves up for ultimate failure because another, you know, I think I put this block there is divorcing my experience of doing something from the results. So, you know, we did the big sick. We had a great time doing it. It was hard, but it was a great time. And then it was successful. Great. I've done stuff where I've worked just as hard as I did on The Big Sick, mm-hmm. and it has not been successful. Mm-hmm. And then it's tainted my experience. It's made me feel stupid for having a good time doing this thing and working so hard at this thing that didn't and make money. And thinking it was going to be good.
0: Thinking like, it was going to be good. Nah, this
1: is going to crush. That's the fucking feeling I hate, you know, which you, later, but you have to do that. There's no, it's very, very hard to make a movie because it is a lot of work, 14 hour days, day after day after day there are harder jobs I'm not saying there aren't I mean but and it's emotionally taxing you have to think that what you're making is great because I've also made stuff that I knew wasn't great and that's a worse experience what I want to do is do what I do because you know big sick we got to control but a lot of this stuff you don't really get to control how it's going to come out enjoy that experience for what it is learn from it Um, proud of be proud of myself for doing well or working or whatever it is and then throw it away and forget it. And if it does well, great. If it doesn't, it shouldn't really affect me. It shouldn't affect my memory of the experience. Like recently, you know, this is going to sound like a brag, but something I talked to my therapist about. I've been talking to my therapist You're about. you a therapist?
0: That is brag. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, the brag's coming up. I, I with my therapist. Right after this.
0: <laughs> Look, guys, game time has been a good sponsor for this podcast and it's welcome because i don't want to have some dirt baggy company sponsoring us it's a good app i'm starting to do well in theaters and my tickets are starting to be resold i do actually don't want people to get ripped off and you're not going to get ripped off on game time it's already stressful enough when you feel pressure to like take somebody it's let's be honest it's guys taking girls places Or it's guys just trying to entertain themselves or your family's from out of town and you're like, ah, where can we go? It's like the store that's open on Christmas Eve is what game time is. They got tickets up until the 11th hour, right? It's great. All right, let's go on gametime.co right now. Ooh, this is coming soon. And I mentioned this before. This is the professional bull riding that's going to be at the Honda Center. Now, Neil, you're a vegan. You wouldn't ever go to watch... Animals go through hardship, would you? Guys, I'm a vegan because I find the meat industry disgusting. I'm not opposed to killing animals. There was a professional bull riding at Madison Square Garden. I went there just for the irony once, and it was a pretty goddamn cool event to see. That's. A, I don't always like stepping out of my comfort zone, but I did for that. And I was glad I did because it was it was kind of wild and unique. Soccer is starting to get big. In the States, you can go to a LA galaxy game, Beyonce. You can go see her, Drake, Neil, would you go see Drake? I would, I would, I like enough Drake songs. Do I like liking Drake? No one likes liking Drake. You just like him though. Cause he's good. Post Malone's coming. Post Malone did a, did a concert during COVID. That was just all Nirvana songs. If you're on the fence about Post Malone. Look up his Nirvana concert. You will like Post Malone. Janae Ico is coming. Of course, you're going to eat that booty like groceries. Grupo Frontera. I'm assuming it's not in English. I could go on. Metallica's coming, trying to get Lars on this show. So go on here, get your tickets, even if, you, even if it's sold out. I'm assuming all those events are sold out. You don't got a plan. Your whole life, you're told you need to plan ahead. Your mom, you need to plan. Shut up, mom. I don't got to plan nothing. I got a little extra scratch around and I'm going to go on the Game Time app and I'm going to spend it on bull riding. Get off my back. What am I, a bull? And you're a rider? And then you buck your mom off. Do you see the through line? Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code BLOCKS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code BLOCKS, blocks. For $20 off download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest prices, uh, guaranteed. Guys with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Guys, fall is right around the corner, and HelloFresh is here to help you plan for the busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered to your door. Simply choose your recipes and pick your delivery date, then lay back, you gotta lay back, and enjoy the last days of summer knowing dinner is covered. Lay back. Uh, you know what's a good thing to do? Is uh, It's a good date thing. You get a bunch of ingredients at first, they're kind of like, what are, you, what are you doing? And then you're like, we're gonna, it'll be fun. You know how girls like fun, like, Cooperative stuff like that, do it. Banish the end of summer blues with HelloFresh. Banish them. No need to stress out about how you'll handle it all this fall because HelloFresh takes care of the meal planning and delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to your home. So whipping up a homemade meal is a cinch. I did it. They have a lot of vegan options. Sometimes they'll just be vegetarian. They have a lot of vegetarian options. Pastas. They got tofus. they They got legumes. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 Neal, 50 N E A L, and use code 50 Neal for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash 50 Neal. That's not my age. Please don't get it twisted. And you'll get 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Trying to get
1: out of the thing of having too much of how I think about myself being based on the result. We're working with a therapist on it a lot. And then I just got nominated for an Emmy. Great. Just thank you. But it felt so good. For what? Uh, I did the show called Welcome to Chippendales that came out last year. All right, great. I was, I was thrilled. We did not expect it. You know, all, all four of the main actors got nominated. The costume person did got to shout these people out. They're all wonderful. But it felt good to an alarming degree where I was like, oh, I am still in this and this is a trap. Like I was sort of like replaying in my head how it felt in the first time. I would like find myself scrolling back and looking at the text of when I found out, you know, all this stuff. Reliving r- conversations I had and looking up the list over and over. And I was like, "This is too, this feels too important. It's good to be like, great. Uh, but move on. But to the amount that it made me feel good about myself, also scared me.
0: And it's embarrassing.
1: It's so embarrassing. Yeah. To like give a shit about this to the degree that I do, I was like, oh, this is a trap. The flip side of this is still gonna crush me. I still have a lot of work to do. It's and it's embarrassing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I when when blocks came out on Netflix, I said to Joe Rogan, I was like. I think I like the juice too much. Yeah. I like, it was embarrassing. It is how much I like the fucking, the feedback. Adulation. Of course. Yeah. Like just, I did a show on, in LA on Saturday night that went, it was like one of the best shows of my life. And I was like enjoying the, and I don't know what the balance is. It's a hard balance. Being invested, making an effort. I, Making an effort. The show in L.A. was about effort. Like I made more effort than normal, and it it was uh, it like paid off for in the performance. So like I was trying to, in some ways, trying to reinforce like, hey, ding dong, you got to make an effort. Right. See what happens when you make an effort. Effort, effort. You're learning the right things from it. Right. But at the same time, like I'm learning some wrong things too. Or or I'm. Allowing uh, too much ego in in what should what ideally is little ego. Yeah, but I'm with you in terms of like scrolling. Thank you for admitting to all that because I it know is, it's fucking hard. I, that's it's my favorite part of uh Minhaj's special is the is the when he went viral. Yeah, and he is talking about how much he loved it. Yeah, and it was really interesting to see someone acknowledge it.
1: If I only got 86 likes on a photo, I would kill myself. Yeah, it feels it feels great. And, you know, I have the other issue on the... So when you you mentioned you'd seen my Letterman set. You know, that I wanted to do. Letterman's one of the reasons I wanted to be a comedian. I did that set. Went well, you know, I was happy with it. I'd worked on that set for a year with Eddie Brill, mm-hmm. who was the, the booker at the time. And as soon as it was done, I was like that was good. How do I do this again? Mm -hmm. That's too much the other way. Emily would always be like, you don't rest on your laurels enough. You should like enjoy when things are good. But then I enjoy too much this thing that just happened, this getting nominated, because I felt like, you know, this felt better than getting nominated for The Big Sick, which was an Oscar. That's funny, dude. Which is, it's an Oscar. It's my story. It's me and my wife. This felt better because it comes after a few years of things that I felt like, you know, didn't come out as good as I wanted them to. So it felt, but it feels, I don't know. It, it's, it's all a trap, you know. The, the other thing that I've had to learn is, and, and, and it does, is, is getting satisfaction from being with Emily, from being a good husband, from being, you know, taking care of the house and all this
0: stuff, having like a good life Have worked on that, reprioritized it. How did you reprioritize it? Because I'm always, I'm, I say on here, I say in life all the time, it's like, it's very hard to change, very hard to change your priorities. Yes. Without almost dying. Yeah. Honestly. How do you reprioritize your life in a way that it is real? Because I, everyone can fake, like, no. I'm going to be... Re- well, like,
1: that's the thing. You know, I I don't know exactly the mechanisms for it. I know uh, if I think of the changes between our relationship over the last, say, five years or so, it would be that from my side, I really have decided that I want to show all of myself to Emily. So mm. I would be afraid of telling her thoughts that were embarrassing to admit. Like, Did the, you
0: tell her about the, the Emmy meaning more than the Oscar? She,
1: I have not yet. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Can you take that out? Yeah, we'll I'll tell it. her that she'll. But but like thoughts about like self doubt thoughts or scary thoughts or whatever it is, I would just keep it all inside and really have made an effort to like tell her because you know I'll be in a bad mood and she'll. And in the past, I would just take it out on her or something. And yeah, yeah, you, like you have to. <laughs> yeah, but now really, really being like, hey, just so you know. I'm worried about this or I'm scared of this. It makes me feel better because I used to think, I think this is on the list too. I used to think saying all this stuff out loud made it real. It's the opposite. It takes its, it's it takes their power away. So doing that and being and genuinely wanting to know Emily more, you know. I'm very lucky in that I'm with someone who is a wonderful and very fascinating, complicated, super funny person.
0: I want to know more about her. I don't know Emily very well at all, but I get the sense that she knows her way around uh humanity. She was a therapist. She there does you go.
1: she says hi by the way. Yes, I she say really, hi really back. likes you. Uh
0: the the knows her way around like feelings, thoughts, emotions, grossness, embarrassment. One of embarrassment. the most emotionally intelligent people I've ever met in my life
1: and that's why great producer because she can really good at manipulating people <laughs> you know, she understands this stuff but she's very good at like giving someone making someone think they won and also getting what the larger goal is um and so i think that's been one of the biggest things is really showing all my sides of myself that i may not necessarily be proud
0: of stuff i'm ashamed of sharing Did she it know her. that you weren't sharing them could she sense that you weren't sha- yeah. sharing them for, i mean for years dude would she say something
1: yeah, she would ask, but really it was really working through it and deciding like, okay, I'm going to share. I mean, it was this. Three vulnerable things about myself with you every day. And you have to make it like, and it's, it has to be like stuff that's uncomfortable to share. It can't be like fake vulnerable, you know? Sometimes you do, you know? Sometimes yeah, yeah, you, you so dredge so up some old the fucking the thing, day, day, yeah, day, yeah, 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 yeah. But really making an effort every day to do that. Three vulnerable things every day. And then just being What time do you do that? One
0: hour you can bring yourself to do it, you know. Meaning, Uh, is it ever like you wake up in the morning, you're like, all right, look. (laughs) I like, uh, I I spit on a squirrel one time. Like, what? (laughs) When do I do it? A lot of times you're cramming towards the end of the day. No, I bet. You know? Yeah, a lot of times. Does she have to do it? She has to do it too. We were both doing it. Are you guys thinking about downgrading to two?
1: Oh, we're not doing that anymore. Oh, you're not. okay. That Thank was God. for, we did it for a few months, I would say. We did it for a few months. But I feel like now, and it was always my, I would say I was the one who was deficient. I feel like we're just a lot more connected and we really see each other and know each other a lot better. And you just, were
0: deficient in what way?
1: In not sharing myself completely. In like giving her a curated version of myself because yeah. you know, having shame, too much shame. I think a lot of it comes from religion to, you know, mm-hmm. so much What of was the religion? Islam. Basically that I mean there's so many things you can do wrong that make you a bad person. Yeah. That then you So so I sort of internalized that. And for me generally I'd, up until not that many years ago, I thought of myself as a bad person who was who was keep who was you know pretending to be a good person, and getting away with it. It hasn't been until the last few years that I'm like, "Oh no, I am a good person, generally and g- genuinely a good person who sometimes does
0: things that good people don't do. Does um, Islam enforce that i mean i I'm, I'm I grew up Catholic, so it they basically say like, "Oh, you sinned." before you got here. Right, the uh, so, original sin thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't have specifically original sin, but I, it's it's pretty close. I mean, you know, what Islam has is the mind-body duality. So the mind is pure, the body is bad, everything got the it. body wants is bad. Got it. And for me, another big, big sort of, I don't want to say evolution, or, or, or attempted growth has been to reconcile those two things uh-huh. and realize that, um, you know, the stuff that I want that's fun, it's it's okay to want that stuff. It's good, you know? And that is part of you and that the brain and body are really all one
0: thing, you know? Is ego, because I think that's what we're talking about in terms of like ambition and, and competition, is that body or spirit?
1: That's a very good question. I would say Islam would call it body. I kind of agree with it. Yeah, because what you get from it is the bodily desires. Of, I think, you know, fame, not wanting to, you know, not having to wait in line at a restaurant, Uh all that stuff, you know, all the the good stuff that comes with it. It's all shallow. All the stuff that you get from it is shallow money, you know, all that stuff is shallow. So definitely ambition, I think. But, But back then I could say, oh, I'm doing good in school and that is a virtue. And so even though it was ambition back then, it was applied to something that I could say was pure yeah and now it's applied to something that i just find that i have decided is important not important because somebody told
0: me it was important the quran doesn't talk about marvel movies (laughs) (laughs) if the quran had mentioned marvel movies you'd be a muslim (laughs) i trust me uh i i will say this for islam the praying five times a day i'm like that's about right i think that's about, I think that's about right. I five? Think that's five. Yeah. yeah. I, I would go up to seven maybe. Like really, if you really want to do it, it's, right. a, I have a joke that never works when I'm like, they have church every other block because that's about how long it lasts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it takes about, you walk two blocks and you forget everything. They're right. like, all right, church. I got to fucking be a good, right? So like the idea that you have to pray, you got to like check in. It's a like, constant reminder. Hey, yeah. the supervisor. Ah. You're in charge. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Going back. A- yeah. Five times a day you need. Yeah.
1: It's true. You do. You do need that reminder five times a day. And and honestly, for me, it's great to be with someone like Emily who doesn't let me get away with anything. But
0: it is. There is something interesting about the discipline of having like that. We are for sure to agree with this. I'm, again, the body wants to the body pulls to the right. It's like a car that pull. It's yeah. going to pull and you have to like recalibrate it. Right. Right. But the what what the what we have
1: is somehow we found a way to do what the body wants, which is like this kind of success, in a way that we can also say is doing good for the world. Well, I made this whole audience laugh. I made their day better, you know? It's
0: not even about me. <laughs>
1: it's not about me. Look at their faces, look how happy they yeah. are. It's really about you. Yeah. It's not about them. Yeah. In some ways, maybe you you don't even the only
0: reason you need them there is so you can feel like this. I'll I'll know I've lost my mind when I uh, say to an audience, we did this. <laughs> if I ever say that to an audience, like, can you believe we did this? Yeah, I've lost my mind. I'm fully bullshitting 100% of yeah. the time. I did this. Thank you for being here to watch yes. me do this. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm I mean, not going to. That gonna, is it, what it is. Yes.
1: Yeah, that is what it is. Um, so these, these things, you know, it's all continuously working on it. And then, you know, now with the strike SAG and WGA are on strike, I was about to go work on something and now I can't. And now it's sort of hitting me again, that thing of, cause what I have is I've been lucky the last few years being able to have a good rhythm to work and not work. So when you're working, you know, it's kind of all encompassing when you're shooting, it'll be like three, four months. That's kind of all you're doing take a month and a half, two months off, completely off, do nothing. It's great because you know that you're working. Preparing for the next thing. This is great. And then you go on, you do that for four months. It's a great rhythm. Like you get a month and a half with Emily uh, at home everyone gets that Or you travel anyone the-
0: who does movies gets a month and a half with emily between movies <laughs> unbelievable yeah we got to
1: really work the year she up like right? it. there's not much overlap well i don't know i haven't asked <laughs> uh that's not one of the vul- vulnerable things <laughs> no, she shared don't. so i'm assuming she's okay with it sometimes she looks forward to it too much when ah. i'm away it's someone else's turn <laughs> and so now that that's gone away it's starting to again be like what is my purpose what am i doing why am i here i'm completely useless i have no worth Hands stand up. Try and find it that way. You know, it it is a um some sort of it is a need for sure. It is a need. I get a lot of great stuff out of it, like genuinely good stuff. Like I I I learn and I learn about myself and and I get better at
0: this thing that I want to get good at. I guess what I hear you, or I hear myself, uh, about you what I would consider a shared problem right which is a, uh, a real need for attention and everyone that sit here sits here has a real need for attention everyone who moved out here has a real need for attention so the question is remember how you know heroin's bad everyone everyone agrees heroin's I do bad. remember remember yeah <laughs> and then you'd hear like well you know William Burroughs was addicted to heroin his whole life Heroin's not that bad if you can keep getting heroin. Right. So it's
1: only when it dries up. Yes. I mean, that is the problem. I will say the attention that I want, I don't want to be like in a social setting. I'd rather not have anybody looking at me. I don't go to like restaurants where I need like a little private area because it does freak me out, um, that kind of attention. But what I do want is on stage, audience laughing, something I made comes out, People think it's great. Or even when I'm shooting, people are like, you're so, oh man, great take. Like, I yeah. want that for sure. Yes. Yeah. 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 But then you're right. The trick is, what happens when it, when you don't have it? Then who are you? What's the, what's the point? The hard thing with acting is, this is what I was saying earlier about the window. You are always reliant on other people to like put you in a position where you can do it. Um, with stand-up at least, you know, I know people who have been doing standup for 15 years and haven't gotten a laugh in their lives.
0: Like you can't just do that. Yeah. The thing with addiction is, again, I'm calling it addiction. That's too strong a word. Compulsion is the right word. Whatever. We're decent at it. We're talented people. We can get attention. The problem is when you're hurting people. Mm. That's the addiction, right? Mm. That's the problem with addiction. And the spiral of addiction is you do it. You hurt people then you feel shame, you do it more, so on so and so. so That's
1: what I mean with the balance with and so,
0: finding, um, yeah. Was there a bottom with with that where it was like, where she, where you realized or she said something where it was like, dog, this shit is not even or fair or good for a relationship? I mean, it certainly wasn't even or fair or good for a relationship
1: for many years, you know, I mean, the hard thing is, you know, I mean, we met at a comedy show.
0: So yeah. from the... She knew what she was getting herself... Emily, if you're <laughs> watching, you knew what you were getting yourself into. And she says, you know, we would we just
1: had our 16-year wedding anniversary last weekend. And we were at this nice dinner, her and I. And we were kind of having this open conversation about ourselves. And she was like, it's kind of like you, where she was like, from the beginning, I could tell you were very ambitious and that this work was very important to you. And I didn't think of myself as ambitious back then, because when we met, I was sort of stuck in a rut. I was in Chicago. I'd been there too long. All my friends who were funny, like Pete and Hannibal and everyone had moved away and I was still there, you know. So it was bad for a very, very long time. I mean, you know, when we moved to New York, I was dragging her to every open mic we did. And it was bad. And it felt like the entire marriage was catering to me. She would take care of everything else. And
0: I, I mean, first- Why one, were you dragging her to open mics? Well, cause she didn't want to be at home
1: alone. And then okay. she sort of became friends with all these okay. people, you know, all these comics, that's who we were friends with. But yep. it was stuff that I wanted to go to. Yeah, We moved to New York because I wanted to move to New York. We moved to LA because I got a job in LA.
0: Was this a given or was this something you were slightly aware of? Like, this isn't great. This isn't exactly fair is a little selfish on my part. Or were you just in it and not even aware of it?
1: It took me a while to even become aware of it. I mean, when we were in New York, I was doing open mics at night, not making money, and she had a day job supporting us, you know?
0: As it should be. As so it should be. What's the unfair part?
1: And I was truly just staying up late at night and she had to get up in the morning to go work and I would be up till 4am you know it was like
0: and you were loud back then too right late and
1: and loud that was your thing I was just alone (laughs) in our apartment screaming (laughs) screaming out my bits you know how you bat with a donut it was like that if you do stand up while you scream then when you speak (laughs) then it's so much more powerful and then you know she started talking about it as she as obviously she should have she was like it just sucks that all of this is for you and and I don't get to really you know I've, she said she felt like she was sort of a afterthought to my career you know and and um, and I sort of took her for granted I really did um, did you
0: when she said it did you acknowledge it did you realize she is right and that's fucked up and I need to fix it I
1: think initially I was like, oh, she's right. And now I'm angry at her for pointing it out. Oh,
0: fuck. Human beings.
1: Yeah. Awful. Awful. And that's the other thing that I think in the last few years I've made a lot of progress in is being like having that anger at first and then being like, okay, why am I feeling that? What is the cause for it? You know? oh, it's because I'm embarrassed or I'm ashamed of the way of how I'm doing something that makes me angry at myself and, and I'm now I'm directing
0: it outwards. I'm so not who I claim to be I, in that regard. Like, you're not. I'm not a good husband. I'm not an ally. I'm not, you're just like a selfish.
1: Yeah, yeah. And how dare you point that out to me? <laughs> and you know, it, it still is just, it's unfortunate, but the reality of my work like you know we were just in London for four months and Emily comes with me and she can do her work there because she's a writer mm-hmm. um she's a very successful writer but she's still coming there because of me so right. that's something that we you know we decided that we're just gonna try and be together as much as we can because I don't know how people leave their families for months at a time and just don't see them and so they're they don't, still they don't really care about their families they don't I love I love <laughs> Emily so much and I love being with her and I I you know I I really, I need her. And
0: And I kid, some people do care about their families and have to leave. But I think uh, there are people that are just like,
1: meh. Oh, they love being away from their families. Uh Some people love being away from their families. I've worked with those people. But with Emily, so it's still a little unbalanced, you know, in that way. But within that context, she is coming to London because of me. But we're going to do stuff that she wants to do. We're going to do a lot of stuff together. So we went on a... Lot of you know dates to restaurants and and when I'm not working, really prioritize my time with her, our time together. You know, I feel like we've gotten, I've gotten a lot, lot, lot better at it, um, and just understanding that acting and comedy is what I do and not who I am. Still a work in progress, but being thoughtful and intentional about it and thinking about it all the time i think about it all the time relationship relationship i think about how how to have worth divorced from what i do Um, not there yet because like you said the heroin goes away
0: sometime at some point you know not if you got a few different dealers. <laughs> well, I mean, from what I understand, you've got a couple different streams.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what if
0: the government cracks down? The, yeah. They, they the start shutting down clubs. South America. Yeah. They start yeah. shutting down um, clubs. Whatever it is. Well, that's OK. Well, my question is, what are the other values, buddy?
1: Being a good husband, you know, that's one of them.
0: Um, Being a good friend. So ambition about being a good husband, is that like a possibility? It's aspirational.
1: Yeah, it's not ambition, I would say, but it is working towards um, each day being better at it and the doing of it and taking pride in it. That's the thing, you know, it's not ambition and pride are so linked for me. It's, you know, when you do well, you're like, oh, I did well. I was good, and and then uh, having to uh, and applying that thought process to being a good husband too. Like, oh, I did a good job. I set up a good day. That was that was that was a great trip we took. That was really oh, that's fun. interesting. Applying the same math to it um, and thinking about it like that, and I've gotten I've gotten better at it. And you know, a lot of it's therapy, and a lot of it is just reminding myself and talking to myself. And the other thing is, you know the People talk about this all the time. The way you talk to yourself. If other people talk to me the way I talk to myself, I,
0: they would not be my friend. To be your wife, folks. <laughs> folks, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> uh, no, 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 but I know
1: you. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, of it's horrible. It's awful. Yeah, but I think like being being better about that does make me just a generally more pleasant person to be around. Who isn't? Who is trying to be less dependent on external success for interior worth oh
0: no i mean I'm, it's, i'll it's punch hard. in the face and we're done but hard, uh, hard. it's it, it what's hard the the shutting the punch voice me up? hard punch me hard
1: um the voice is it just having to think about it you know it's really hard you just have somebody
0: to be like, a friend of mine pointed this out to me she's a therapist the voice inside of you right it's there's a thing called in, internal family systems where they you basically name all the voices inside you like you to punch you yeah I, I mean yeah, tra- sure, it's a sure, horrible sure. name I, for a therapy but it, what the idea is good there's four or five recurring sort of voices in your head you basically name them and then you start going like oh Craig's here what do you want Craig yeah, sure, so what Craig. the what do you think that voice wants? That the neck na- because dude, I have it as bad as I can imagine anybody does. I wake up and it's in Im- within five seconds. It's something shitty. It feels like it
1: just wants to hurt me. Yeah, and it feels like it, it, there's an addiction to mm-hmm. making myself feel shitty, mm-hmm. and that's part of what I meant, like making my life private. You know, once the uh, profile goes up a little bit, because you got enough crags out there, someone's gonna sound exactly like the voice yeah. inside your head. And you can hear thirty great things, but you hear the one guy who says exactly what I say to myself. Mm-hmm. And oh fuck, he's right. I'm right. I've been right all along. It seems like it just wants to hurt me. I don't think Emily always says. You know, she's like, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to like listen to it. Your yeah. brain is stupid. And reminding myself of that—that that my brain is stupid. Is, why do you
0: think it? Okay, the next question. Well, is, I don't want to get ma- from. Why does it want to make you feel shitty?
1: I don't know. I think, I mean, feeling like a bad person for many, for most of my life, feeling that I'm like a bad person uh, clearly was part of it. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, I have these, you, you, I think, I'm sure you do too, these thoughts where you just like think of something that hurts you and you can't stop thinking of it. You yeah. Just like play it over and It's over like mind cutting. Things. It's like mind cutting. I, I, I actually think of it like that. I don't want to, you know, downplay. Obviously, that's a, that's a real problem. But I do think of it as some kind of cutting that happens. Um, again, I've gotten better at it specifically in the last couple of years. And a lot of that has come from giving myself time to relax and enjoy something that has nothing to do with work. It was very hard for me. The math was always, oh, if I do, a, if I write a bit that's funny or a scene that's good, then I can watch a movie that I like or I can play video games, you mm-hmm. know, like having that uh exchange was there all the time gotten a little bit better at just being like you know i'm not feeling it today i'm gonna i'm gonna do this because ultimately i have to trust that just because i took a day off doesn't mean i don't want to do this anymore like it's the problem isn't not wanting it enough ever you know Uh, yeah yeah so but it's still hard you know it's still hard feeling guilty like we um we went to Chicago to celebrate our 16-year wedding anniversary because that's where we met. And that's where I just heard. And the whole time I was like, it's three days in Chicago. Will I be able to enjoy that? Now there's this strike and I know I'm not going to be working. Do I deserve to have this weekend? Do I deserve to have fun? And I was thinking about that and then, you know, got nominated and that allowed me to have fun all weekend. And that a little bit sucks. That's what needed to happen.
0: And it's also... uh... You probably felt like you'd made some progress, and then you were like,
1: "That's what it was." I can't
0: believe I still think that is what it was. I still, I can't believe I'm still waiting for external validation to make me relax,
1: to make me enjoy 16 years of marriage with the person I love most in the world. Yeah, two days. It's that is what that is what terrified me. Was I was like, "Oh, I've made progress. I've done work." You know, I'll be honest. The last. I've had a couple high-profile things come out that weren't well-received, you know? I'm not blaming myself for them. I'm proud of the work I did in them. Well, I'm proud when they're of-
0: good, it's because of you. And when they're bad, it's because of them. Yeah. You know right? They
1: fucked up. <laughs> I didn't.
0: I was great. You were great.
1: Well, I just mean I like those things, too. I'm proud of those things. I don't think those things are good, but they weren't well-received. Right. And, that's, and that's tough,
0: you but know? But that's the problem with movies and TV shows. They are jokes that you're trying. The problem is they take a year and a half to try and you can't rewrite it and you can't rewrite it. So that's why when people go, what about, I go, it's all the same hole. It is. The, the reason I like standup is because it, no one's bothered by the joke, not working when it doesn't work. If the movie doesn't work. I have to, there's, um, 170 people suffering and meanwhile, and then they're stuck with it and there's money. just, and you it's all be- bad.
1: You, you might be suffering and it might mean you don't get to like tell another joke ever again. Correct.
0: Absolutely. In my case, 100% true. No more movies for Neil to which I say, it's okay guys. I'm good at another thing. Fine.
1: Well, you could definitely now go back and direct another movie if you really wanted to.
0: uh, Maybe, but, but the point is it takes too long. And I realized that I was like the same hole because I would do sketches that didn't work. Then I would do sketches that were Rick James. It's like, I don't know, It's all the same hole. Yeah. It all. I reach in the hole one time. It's Rick James. The next time it's the Jeremy Pippen. But I don't really know. Like, I, I, it's the all it's, it's none of, they're not all going to work. I said to somebody last night, Beethoven's one of the greatest ever. He had like seven hits.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's different, I think. A movie is different from stand-up or sketch show or music. I think in a sketch show, you know, I mean, Chappelle's show was fucking amazing, but you can have five sketches. Three are good, two are bad. That's fine. Yep. With stand-up, you do a set. Let's say you're just doing 20 minutes. Uh, You do five bits. Four are amazing. One sucks. That's fine. Doesn't matter.
0: You can also go, ah, that didn't work. Yay, we like you again. Yeah, exactly. There's With You cannot do that in movies.
1: Movies... You have like two bad scenes in a movie and it's fucked the whole movie. And people will only remember those two bad scenes. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time. I did a movie. I'm not going to say which one. I I really liked it. I was just in it. Uh, So, you know, it's their fault. Mm -hmm. But the movie, the first... That's the name of the movie, Their Fault. (laughs) It's their fault. The first 15 minutes weren't great, but then the movie's good, I think. But by, you know, the 10th minute, people have decided how they feel about how they feel about you. Whereas with stand-up, you can always win them back.
0: All right, let's get to some other blocks because you have good ones here and we got sidetracked in a good way.
1: Some we've talked about already. Guilt,
0: regret, shame. Constantly wondering how things would have been different if I'd done X instead of Y.
1: Yeah, it's all related. I will regret a decision and just think about it and I get stuck in the past of like just thinking about what I should have done, what I should have done. This happens even with, like, ice cream. I'll get a flavor and I'll be eating it, and I'm like, fuck, I should have gotten that other ice cream. <laughs> but the guilt affects me with the math of, you know, I shouldn't play, you know, uh, I've earned the, like, uh, I haven't done anything, sag, uh, SAG is on strike, I'm not gonna work for a while, I shouldn't have fun celebrating my anniversary. I, I would feel guilty doing that. So that's pretty bad.
0: This feels like religion, honestly. Uh,
1: well, yeah, it's, the the math of it. As
0: somebody who does it himself, it's okay. like I know where this is from. It's from religion.
1: The math is the same. I feel like my the way I approach life, the formula is exactly the same. I've swapped out the variables, the the sin and um and and uh virtue and all that. Those specifics have been swapped out, but the the the, the equation is exactly the same still. I'm still struggling with it. I just put different things in the X's. Yeah,
0: I have that thing in, and I did the the thing in blocks where I, I'm shocking myself to smile on stage. This thing gives me a small electric shock every three minutes on stage to remind me to smile more. Been happening the entire show. <laughs> and it's like, why would you shock yourself to, to change your behavior? And it's like, because I grew up Catholic. There's literally... A thing, spare the rod, spoil the child. That's right. If you don't hit the kid, the kid will be a piece of shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm carrying a little bit of that spirit with me. Yeah. I'm Sorry. hitting myself. Yes. Yeah. I'll spare, I won't spare, spare the shock. Yeah. Spoil, <laughs> spoil yeah. the comic. Yes. Yeah. So, I understand the idea. And there is some religion has stuff going for it that I think are, there are good tenants for fair amounts of self-discipline. I think self-discipline and, and uh, delayed gratification are virtues. Yeah. In, in and of themselves. I really do. I I, I think like, I've certainly got those. And there are many things about you that are good because you delayed your gratification and you got better at a thing. Sure. Right. And I'm, I feel the same way. So I'm not against religion entirely.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Or
0: right. not, I wouldn't even say entirely is not the I right think word. So there are like a lot of things about religion that I think are worthwhile.
1: You think of all the people, you want all these people out there negotiating their own morality? You don't want that. A lot of these people, you want to be like, hey, there's a bunch of shit you do, a bunch of shit you don't do. Got it? Thank you for listening. I think that I think I think that's great. Do
0: your own research morality wise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> please, please connect the disconnect the cord. Um, I feel for me the discipline part of it has always been okay. The struggle has been the unstructured part, giving myself room to just float around and be myself and do nothing. That's that's been hard. And also not being so hard on myself for you know, the, the the regret, guilt, shame stuff. Not being so hard on myself for well, doing do something. F- yeah.
0: And this is a thing I say to myself sometimes. Neil, how much better could this be going?
1: Well, I, Emily says I have career dysmorphia.
0: I, I literally said Letterman was here and I said he. Ha- I have it too. Like I know a lot of people that have. Absolute career dysmorphia.
1: Like at 10 years ago, if someone was like, this is where you're gonna be, I would be like, fuck you, that's not true. Really? Yeah, great. But here I am, and it's not quite enough, is it? So trying to be okay with it, thankful for, but it's it's hard, you know? It's also the one thing I remember when I first moved to New York and was like, you know, quit my day job. I'm gonna try and be a comedian. Pete Holmes was already there and he gave me advice. He was like, the one thing you cannot do is you can never compare yourself to another person's career. That will eat you from the inside. That will make you so bitter. And he you know, told me, he's like, this guy is very funny. He's so bitter about not having this stuff and that's why he's never gonna make it. And I really took that to heart. I internalized it. I was always happy for other people's success. Never compared myself to other people. Never, never, never. It's crept back in. As I've gotten more successful, which is so fucking backwards. Now, I think about that more than I've thought about it in my entire career. That thing where I'm watching something, like, why is it that guy? It should be me. I'll be better at that. That jealousy that I have not had until I really, you know, until I got more successful.
0: Well, that's a funny thing with uh, very successful people I know there's a level of pettiness that is is what uh is hard to believe that is what well is it's the funny because you there was a two sentences ago you said in my entire and I thought you were gonna say life and you said career yeah I'd also like to say it's gonna be very easy to judge both of us for this entire episode because we're more or less showing you how uh craven we are if you want to if you want to be negative about it but I would also argue that this is there's something of the American condition in what we're talking about in that whoever you are you're probably not happy with your amount of whatever you have and you should have more money and you should have more housing you should have it so just hopefully you'll see us and go is that in me that's the that's my hope uh, for the viewer and or listener. I've gotten more lifey than career lately. Good. And part of it is ayahuasca and DMT, which whatever, that's you, however you need to get there, get there on your own
1: time. I totally agree. Uh, I, I haven't done those uh, those drugs, but I'm saying whatever you got to do to get there.
0: Yep. Great. And seeing the futility of dissatisfaction I'm a snob you're a snob I have an engine in me that's it's when people go well aren't you afraid that if you get happy you won't be funny I'm like nah I just my brain spits jokes out it just will it will until I die but the futility of seeing people get all the things and be no more happy and seeing myself get things and some things were very satisfying, and I, I will admit to career things made me feel 10% better forever. <laughs> <laughs> sure. There are things that have happened in sure. my career that once it happened, I felt 10% better every day since. <laughs> That's so, very well put. You yes. just level up. Yeah. Yep. It's embarrassing, and it's you're only supposed to get it from family and love and all that stuff. Sorry. I got it from achievements, but it's still not a hundred percent. It's still probably not even. It's getting around sixty, I would say, with all the and you throw in the DMT and the ayahuasca. So, I guess I'm saying, I wish it for everyone, and I relate to the pettiness, I or the smallness, or whatever you want to call it, the cravenness, the 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 uh, the hu- hungry ghost, uh, depending on your persuasion. And I just, it's, I think it's a, I think it's a spell we're all under.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the American condition, it's right. I don't want to say it's just in America, but it's true. Like the way that we talk about, you know, grind culture and all this, like work yeah. bigger tomorrow yeah. than you
0: were today. By the way, I think most self-help is to make more money. I think that's the way it's commodified yeah, on yeah. social media is like you optimize and wink, wink. Even juice, health, energy. Whenever oh, they say energy, they're not saying so you, can, like saying so you can hike. Money. Yeah. It's so you it's not so you can meditate harder. Yeah. It's so that you can grind.
1: Right. Totally. Um, I have never been into self help stuff. The only person who I really love, her name is Brene Brown. She's mm, yeah. huge. She, and and her stuff because it's all about just being comfortable with yourself and not having shame and somehow liking yourself and considering yourself worthy of love. I found I found that stuff to be tremendously useful. You know, and it's this thing like I I would never describe myself as an unhappy person at any point in my life. I'm lucky in that I don't have, you know, those struggles at all. Satisfied person. I don't think I've I've maybe been satisfied for like very tiny bursts all throughout my entire life. And I don't feel like satisfaction, happiness are two different things. I'm happy, but I've never been satisfied. Like that is a need. That is a whole.
0: Yeah. And, and it, you are actually acknowledging it. I appreciate your honesty about it. Were you ever ashamed of it? Or is it a thing where I, when Emily told you, were you ashamed? Were you like, fuck?
1: I'm, I'm still ashamed of it. Yeah. Like, do I wish it wasn't there? No, because so much of who I am is because of it. Without it, I, I probably wouldn't know who I am. What I want is for it to not just be running my fucking life all the time. That would. Th- that's the project. And it's gotten better. It used to be, you know, when I would like do stand up, if I had a show at night on the road, all day, all I could do is think about the show. Um, and then the show would go well, but I've done nothing all day. And then at some point deciding, I'm getting to go all these cities all over the country. I have to enjoy the cities. Go see a movie, go to restaurants, all this stuff, that really helped. That's what it is now too with work. And it's gotten so much better. Like I was just, you know, we were in London shooting. When we were off, had a great time. Being able to like store some of the sense of achievement, to spend it on um, just having a good time, like having like a little like battery of like, okay, I did this much work. This is all bad math, but it has helped me enjoy my life more and be better at stuff outside of my work.
0: Yeah. It's Seth Meyer said when he was in the starting Lab, we were talking one night, like on a Sunday, we talked about, he'd had a good show and he was like, ah, you can't bank good times. You can't really bank a good show. Right. You can't, it lasts, 48 hours and then that's and then right. it and then it sort of dissolves
1: especially stand up unless you put out a special that it can last a bit longer
0: yeah, yeah. like 10 days yeah uh, oh, it goes away so quickly yeah um now more than ever yeah so yeah i mean okay so then the prioritizing different stuff and i guess you can't make it mean something to you you can't you can't be like you uh, you, you fucking you're a good husband and that's meaningful uh, you hear that
1: I don't know. I think you can get, I think you can use the feeling to try and rewire some of the math in your head. I think you can. I think you can say, but you have to talk yourself into it and you do have to talk to yourself about it. So you go, okay, something should, I did the dishes. I made my house a little bit cleaner. That's good good for me for doing that. That's gonna make me a little more comfortable. That's gonna make Emily a little bit more comfortable. And that's good. That was a worthy way to spend your time. Because when I was so into my career, I did nothing around the house, cause it meant nothing to me. Before I met Emily, I lived in squalor. I lived like, you know, assassin style mattress on the floor. Like just my, my clothes weren't hung up. It was a fucking mess. I'm realizing that all this other stuff makes my life better, mm-hmm. and being intentionally, you know, um, thoughtful about that. I think you can, you know, I'm a I'm a better husband. I did something nice for Emily. That makes me happy. That makes my life better because she's happy. Mm-hmm. I think you can. I think you can reprioritize it like that, but it takes effort and it's constant. You're never done. You're just and you
0: have to hope it manifests in you. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like. You yeah. have to hope that it, you do it, and it actually means something to you, and not a, not a neurotic way, not like you have to force yourself to be like, no, that was meaningful. It actually like in your, it like comes down. I think into I mean your stomach.
1: I gotta think the way that I talk shitty to myself goes into my stomach. I the power of that is so evident to me that the flip side of that I have to believe, is just as powerful, because if talking to myself shitty makes me feel shitty talking to myself good should make me feel good
0: i agree did have you had a thing with your parents ever yes <laughs> i swear <laughs> where, you, the answer is yes where i remember uh, this is something that you were talking the, the the sort of um denial of self and the denial of fun until you achieve and then you can have some fun i remember hearing when it's probably 25 years ago or something, my dad said, oh, I'm going, or I heard my dad was going on a bike trip to France. And my first thought was, since when are we allowed to take bike trips? Have you had a thing where your parents do something? You're like, wait, that's not, we don't do that. That's not allowed. Yeah, like, what are you doing?
1: Well, the good thing about my parents has been, I have always understood that the way I approach it, is ultimately um, not making me ultimately happy. I've always understood that this ambition, desire, all this stuff for stand-up, I've always understood what it was, what's taking from me. My parents have always been very good about having a good time. So I don't know where oh, I wow. get this from. But since we were kids, you know, my parents, we would travel all the time. Like we would fly to different countries in Asia and stuff. And we'd go out to dinner a lot. My parents leave the country and travel. They live in New Jersey twice a year, twice a year. They Mm. were just in Thailand. They're about to, you know, they they just, they travel all the time. They have a great time. My, My dad is a workaholic, but then when, and I think that that was an issue for him at some points in his life, but he's very good at being like, let's just go do this fun thing. So it hasn't really, I've always understood that that's what they're like, that that's what they do. And that I can't quite bring myself to do that all the time. I find it hard to, like for a year, it's the hardest thing in the world was vacation. You know, I could only do it right after I finished a big yeah. job. Cause like Seth was saying, you know, a good set lasts 48 hours. You do like, you work on something for four months, you get like, Two weeks from that. Yep. And you know, like, I got to hit the, you know, I got to hit the beach in those two weeks because otherwise I'm going to feel like awful about myself. But they haven't been like that. They've, they've always been able to do that. So yeah, I guess
0: we got it from religion or, or just the, you know, don't look back. They're gaining on you type shit.
1: Yeah. The pettiness now, you know, I, 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 what I have done, I think I've, yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) what the hell uh do you feel good about your your uh the way you look now no it's always
1: it's always a problem it's it's always gotten a little bit better at it just in the last few months it really takes up a lot of my brain space. What I'm eating, what I'm not eating. Oh, I ate something bad. The guilt of eating something bad for you has been with me since I can remember, mm-hmm. like twelve. You know, I've I've had that forever. And so the last few months, for for years, I tracked every single single thing I ate on an app.
0: Before you were fit,
1: no, starting then. Okay, so, so it's been now. I would say that started in like. 2018, 2019, so about four years. And it's only earlier this year that I stopped doing that. I did that for like three and a half years. Every single thing I ate, if I ate a grape, I put it in there. If I ate an almond, I put it in there. Like truly being completely subservient to this app. Um, Years, every single thing. And, And then I stopped doing it earlier this year. And it's freed me up quite a bit. It's great. But still, you know, I have that thing. Like if I go out for a meal, I have a big meal. I, I weigh myself every single day. And I've done that for you.
0: I would never do that. You do it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, well, I do it because I want to know if I can eat garbage that day. I have my own, re- I'll like. You got just, your own. Yeah. You know? Like I have my own system, but yeah. like I can eat garbage today. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> pretty exciting. That's
1: it. Oh, this is a number on oh, below the number. I'm below yeah. the number that well, allows need, me yeah, to the eat garbage. garbage. The, yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Oh shit. I ate the garbage and I could see it. <laughs> yeah. So let's wait up. Yeah, that's kind of how I do we it. Get under the number and then we can eat the garbage. Yeah.
0: Marin called me out on it. It was hilarious. How do you know? He saw me pulling my love handles on stage and I didn't even know I was doing it. I do that. Yeah.
1: You don't have love handles. <laughs>
0: But I do have dysmorphia. Sure, yeah. And isn't that isn't that what it's all about? Yeah, I guess it is. Wow. I would have love handles if I didn't keep it below the garbage line. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a system over here.
1: I know just that number on the scale has so much power over us. Yeah, it's like every day, constantly. So
0: it's yeah. our rate. It's our worth.
1: It's part of it for yeah. sure. For sure. I, I had to like gain weight for this, for the Chippendale show. I gained 25 pounds and it was really interesting. In some ways it broke me out of it because I had to go well above the garbage number, like well above it. And it did sort of help me shed some like things that were holding me.
0: You went well above the garbage number, but for you were still a good boy because you were supposed to, right? Yeah. You were supposed to gain the weight. Yeah. Of, and, oh, of
1: course. <laughs> oh of course but it it broke you me never of...
0: gain weight for fun you never eat for pleasure
1: i mean only if i'm well below the garbage line <laughs> sure sure and then if it's i've a had blast. a good show the day before
0: <laughs> and, nom- and nomination comes
1: in yeah here we go let's eat some cheesecake.
0: Uh, yeah okay so that broke you out of it and you feel slightly less tethered to the the an issue, diet and i would say it's... amounts weighing did you ever weigh the food
1: I never did that. Okay. I never weighed the food. Okay. I eyeballed it. There's but,
0: some things we won't do, and weighing oh, foods one please. of them, guys.
1: Um, it's just you know you look up things of what eating disorders you know the the signs, and one of them is weighing, and I'm like, oh, I don't weigh my food, so I don't have an eating disorder. Oh great, 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 great I'm great. totally fine. I would say it's thirty to forty percent better than it was at the same time last year. Right. Which is quite a bit better. Yeah. Uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah. I did the show last year.
0: You know, you may not believe this. We're both going to die. Yeah, and no I, one is going to give a flying fuck about either one of us. I, in, in, within, I mean, it, name the so time quick. frame.
1: Yeah. It's gone. Even
0: your family, one generation. Oh, it's a, sorry. they'll go. I think he was like in showbiz. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it'll be.
1: I didn't emotionally understand I was going to die until very recently. I never thought about my own death until two months ago. And it was the <laughs> first time that it truly, I was, it hit me. And it's like, it's been a, it's been a big thing. It's been and a
0: wild ride. I, it, what, 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 how do you come to realize it?
1: My cat got sick. She's, she's okay. But you know, uh, she's 14, about to turn 15 and just, she got
0: sick and um and i and i turned
1: 45 uh right around the same time and you know you're you're like
0: you didn't want her to get any attention you were like you know what it's my it's birth. my birthday yeah
1: i'm sorry about your heart honey but <laughs> but so, big boy
0: 45 yeah,
1: i i was like okay now most likely i've lived I've spent more time here than I have left because I know most people don't make it to 90. Yeah. So, you know, when you're in the 80s, you're like, "80s hey, is the normal time to die. I hadn't done the math. 45, 90, most likely I've got less time left than I've lived here. And also, it so hack. Zero to 20 was so slow. 20 to 40 was, was way fast. Mm-hmm. I think these next 15 are going to be the fastest yet. So suddenly I'm now aware of like oh I'm a, I I've I've felt I understood physically I'm on the way down you know hair starts graying and things start clicking and popping and all that but now I'm like okay wow this is it's like slowly time to wrap it up not not time to wrap it up but on the way down you there. can see the curvature yeah totally I can see the curvature I can like, see the oh, way down yeah okay, okay there it is and you know you're like Every old person was once young. Obviously, you intellectually know that. But when they, you know, when I think about stuff I did when I was 10 or 12, it's so long ago. Yeah. Just in sheer number of like objective time. Yeah. It was so long ago.
0: I think it's good in terms of perspective. I think it's good for especially the sort of portfolio of neuroses we we share. I think it's good for like, oh, right. No one's going to care. And it's a thing I said to Berviglia, who had a better life? William Shakespeare, who did everything he did. If his mood was a 4.5 out of 10, uh, and then there's a guy, Craig Shakespeare, who didn't do jack shit, whose mood is a 8 out of 10, who had a better life?
1: Well, I, I can't think like, I can't think as me that I would rather be Craig Shakespeare. I can't.
0: What about mood-wise?
1: Sure, but I i really, just when you said nobody's going to remember us, it really hit me, like, in a bad way. <laughs> like, I was like, I can't think like that, yeah. Neil. Like, it's too, because it's like, what's the fucking point if people are going to forget you when you die, which I know intellectually yes, is true. I completely understand. Conan says this all the time, too. Like, no one's going to remember me when I'm gone, and Conan's done so much. It ultimately doesn't matter. But but I have to think it matters. Otherwise, what's the goddamn point, man?
0: Enjoy it for you is the point.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that seems... Uh, all right, I'll let you, Yeah, okay, done. I'll do that. Good call, But dude. otherwise, you're going to be tethered to... I know. You're going to be a hungry... You're going to be going out and auditioning at 67 and Emily sitting and in I, waiting rooms and shit. And shit um, that's like... I know. Ignominious.
1: Em- e- That's a good word. <laughs> Emily and I talk about she's like, you know, I could just retire and go into the woods. And she's like, isn't that gonna be great when we just like stop everything and just go and live somewhere? And I'm like, I can't wait. And in my head, I'm like, I, I don't I'd th- get out of here. How do I? Oh, yeah, God. I don't think I could do that. Like people and I it sounds so condescending, but you know, people can do it. People really, really can and really enjoy life. I don't envy it.
0: Interesting. You don't envy it.
1: I had, I remember years and years and years ago, this girl I was dating before Emily, we got into an argument. She was like, I would be thrilled to be a cat. And I was like, (laughs) what? She's like, you know, I was like, but there's so much you're missing. She's like, I'm not missing it because my brain doesn't know I'm missing it. But I'm like, but don't you want to be able to like have all this stuff? She's like, no, I'm a cat. My cat's so happy. And I still feel like that. I'm not comparing those people to cats. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying I want to I I I don't want to lose the ambition and all this yeah. stuff.
0: Well, it's the the upside of it is gave us identity worth yeah. a, a lot. It's given it's it's a big but it's at a certain point you have to transition from fossil fuels to clean energy.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, my engine is fossil fuels. <laughs> it is guilt and pettiness and uh, 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 hunger for self-worth, all this stuff. I very much have understood for many years that my I have a negative engine. I don't I, want look, to Look, I
0: appreciate you acknowledging it and and being embarrassed by it. Oh yeah, it's, and and secretly loving it and it's, or appreciating it
1: it has been good to me it yeah. has also been bad to me but i i know that my ambition my desire isn't well, oh, i want to make something great and make people's lives better i want to make something great and be like i made something great
0: you want to make something great it's not you're not here for we didn't do this Camille did this yeah. You watched it. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I don't, and I, but I don't, when I watch an artist, I, love, I don't go, oh, we made The Godfather. No, they no. made it.
1: Yeah. You did an amazing job. Yeah. Fucking thank Godfather
0: you for making it. that. It's, yeah. I, I ripped you off. I only gave you $10 for this. Yeah. For The Godfather. Sometimes I rip you, you know, sometimes I get ripped off.
1: Oh. All sometimes the time. I rip
0: people off, like it, yeah. all the time. It's, yeah. but, but the, this thing of We Made, it, it's like, no, the, you, they tried really hard and they were weird and they were ambitious and they did it
1: there are just some people who are very very good at what they do yeah. you know and they're good every fucking time and it's it's um it's a little bit infuriating and some people just have that and i i don't think i do and i think that's why i have to like work hard to fool people into thinking i do or, or just work hard enough to get to the point where i can do it it just takes me a long time to
0: I had a thing on my wall at one point that said, "Your talent is talent and hard work." Yeah, like my talent, talent and hard work. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah,
1: no, uh, of course. Like there is something natural. You know, we're both we're both funny people. I've seen people who just got the hard work, and with comedy, it's not enough. No, it's not going to be enough. You see, you know, even people who are some successful. Yeah. Who who work really hard who are pretty successful. I see it and I'm like, you don't have that in your bones. You no. don't got that thing. No. But, you know.
0: Um okay it is hard work. What have you done that's made that's gotten you you've you've, you've improved your life? Or or what have you done mental health wise that's been bad? We've talked about a lot of it, but I think I love that thing with with revealing three things.
1: The three vulnerable things. I would say of the last few years, that has been the biggest thing for us as a relationship, for her, but really for me. I have this feeling a lot where I f- feel like I'm in the bottom of the well. I'm, I feel like I'm at the bottom of a well and it feels very alone. And it's just, and I can be surrounded by people. I'm with Emily. It's the feeling of being worried about something or scared of something or whatever it is and just thinking about it. And it really feels like the walls are closing in. And the only thing that lets me get out of it is telling someone about it and talking about it. It really, really works. And I can feel physically, I can feel it lifting off me. I know people are like, you know, the weight off your shoulders, that thing. It's truly the first time that I've really understood how profound that very simple phrase we've heard a million times is. It really, I feel lighter. I breathe different. Just like whatever thoughts you're having, whatever bad thing is, saying it out loud has been the thing that really, really helps. And then we have every week we do like, we go out together one-on-one, just us, you know, date night. We do that every week and we do it many times, more than one week. This happened when we were out of town a few years ago for work. We didn't know anyone and we just, you know, have time off. We'd go out to dinner and we were like, we never do this in LA, doing that all the time, has been great. We'll go to like, you know, it's great. We, go to, we can go to really nice restaurants and do that. Have like a long meal, just the two of us. That's been fantastic. And it's my favorite thing to do in the world.
0: Sit with your wife and eat dinner. That's pretty great. It's if that's your thing. favorite thing in the world, it's a, great, it's a great thing to have it be your favorite thing.
1: We're going somewhere Saturday. It's now five days away. I cannot wait to get there. It's the most exciting thing. That's
0: awesome. Um, Movie of your life, you've made one-ish. And so the movie of your life, what's the arc? Who plays you?
1: Wow. What's the arc? I think the arc is someone learning that they're enough. I think it's going to end up there. Did you just being you is enough? I don't think, I don't think I'm gonna get there, man. <laughs> but you make a movie of my life, you—that's you, the happy ending you give it. Feel like you being you is enough, and starting off with someone who really needs to, you know, do something to. This feel is worthwhile. a question that I
0: wish I'd asked earlier. But do you think that was in you from the beginning, or it was sort of um, the world put it in you?
1: Since I can remember, I've had it. Yeah. I don't remember being, you know, a real laid back 10 year old. It's <laughs> always been there. I mean, I studied more than anybody I knew. I studied all day, every day. Um, when to be number one. To be number one. Yeah. So it's always been there. I don't know.
0: You'd be great if that kid died and then you were finally like, you know what? I'm number one. Yeah, that's because, when you finally realize you read his obituary. That's the last like scene. I didn't like that
1: he was somewhere else because I was like, "Oh, this is cheating." But if he's dead,
0: it's not cheating.
1: Then I really am number one.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You read the last scene yeah. is you read his obituary.
1: That's the that's the arc. That's
0: yeah, the end. <laughs> <laughs> and you got I'm number one. Uh, credits.
1: Who would play me though? I don't know. I mean, uh, can I? Uh, I'll be casting Blue I, Sky it. I played myself once before I'll yeah. do it again
0: yeah of course I don't think you'd have it any other way
1: <laughs> no I, I would totally be myself just because I can ha, so I can have one moment where I feel like I'm enough because I'll have to be a good I care too much about acting to not be good in that scene and when I shoot the scene where I feel like I'm enough is the only time in my life I'll feel like I'm you enough
0: you finally nailed I finally Kumail. nailed
1: yeah and then for two days after i would be able to play video games and eat whatever I wanted
0: What a life. (laughs) Kumail Nanjiani, everybody. Go see his things and download them and watch them and enjoy it and thank him for his vulnerability.